Welcome to SkyTalker's Fulcrum Files, where Caitlin and Charlotte break down the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. An in-depth discussion commencing in 3, 2, 1. Hello and welcome to another episode of SkyTalker's Fulcrum Files, where with this episode we're going to be talking about the two newest Rebels episodes, Kindred and Crawler Commanders. So it's very early because <laughs> Caitlin and I, you know, it was tough to fit this into our weekly schedule this week, um, but we're recording very early. So apologies if we sound tired. It's pre-coffee. It's because we are tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're so tired, Charlotte. You didn't even introduce yourself, but that's Oh my God, Charlotte. I'm Charlotte. Hi. I'm Caitlin. <laughs> and we are here for this very early recording of... I talk her spoken files and excited but sleepy. <laughs> okay, so Caitlin, why don't you start us off with your 20 second recap? Oh, we're diving right into that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, um, here we go. Oh, you want me to count okay. you in? Right. Yes, yes. All right, three, two, one. Time to get the hyperdrive and get Hera off planet. Hera and Kanan define the relationship, kind of, sort of. Hera makes it off to Yavin and everyone else gets in a time warp cave and follow the white loaf cat. Kanan and the wolf also start to define the relationship and everything is just a little bit kind of always confusing. Then they get on board a mining guild ship and hijack it and rescue some prisoners. Seth Green is there too. Vizago is done. there too. Done, done, okay. done, <laughs> And so you missed a lot. <laughs> Basically all of episode two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did I miss? Visago is there too? Question mark. <laughs> well, you got you really nailed the first part. The key Thank to the twenty second recap, especially when there's two episodes in the twenty second recap, is really just being taking some really broad strokes and then like <laughs> wrapping it all up in the end. <laughs> my last my last sentence was Hera comes back is coming back with the rebellion, which I think summed it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I'll be honest, I didn't love the second episode, so it makes sense that my 22nd recap didn't dwell yeah, on the I mean, second episode. I didn't love the second episode either, even though I was like, I was really gripped by it. I thought it had That's some a really solid fiction. So I know. I mean, like, I don't really like. I like. Obviously, I liked the first episode more than the second episode. Is my mm-hmm. point. And then, but I liked the action in the second episode. I think Agreed. that. As each of these episodes goes on and we get closer and closer and closer to the end, I am more intrigued by the action than I would have thought I would be. That's the thing. We are really close to the end. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so why don't we talk about our highs and lows? Yeah, so for those of you jumping in for the first time on Fulcrum Files, when we're more awake and can properly explain the format of our own show, (laughs) we start off with a 20-second recap where we alternate, and this week was my turn. Apologies if that was the first 20-second recap you had to listen to. Uh, Part one, Charlotte and I each give two highs and one low for the episode, and in part two, we cover the story, and then in part three, we talk about the characters. So now we're going to hop into part one and talk about our two highs and one low. Yes. Okay, so let's go. There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark relief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have. All right, Caitlin. Um, I think I went first last time, so why don't you go first this time? Okay. 
So my first high was obviously the Lothcat cast cave castle cave castle um cave and just like the i got some serious brother bear and princess mononoke Mono, Mono, princess what is it princess mononoke <laughs> just no <laughs> i'm not i'm not helping you out of this one <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Hayao Miyazaki's <laughs> movie, yeah. you all know what I'm referring to. <laughs> um, the parallels and the visuals of that whole scene when the wolf is walking on water, on the force, I don't know. Um, and that whole kind of sequence with Kanan and kind of telling uh, Ezra who he was in the past, you know, his real name. I, I loved all of that. I was I was spellbound. I... My first one was also the, the wolves and Kanan going on like a self-discovery journey. Um, I really, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I know it's funny because I feel like there's been a mixed reaction in the fandom, but I, I genuinely think it's just a really fun addition into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I like it. I agree. Okay. What's your second high? Wait. Oh, yeah. That was your first high. Yeah. I'm so sorry, (laughs) y'all. My second high, I really loved the animation within the Mining Guild ship, specifically when Ezra is at the very end of that episode when they've got the – or when that the Seth Green character is going to blow up the reactor and they have that that door that keeps going up and down on, I guess, the – fire the molten core whatever it is and you Mm -hmm. see that that fire lighting kind of going up and down up and down and the way that it was just like playing off of the characters and the scene I thought was really well done and I was really impressed totally I was that's kind of what plays into me saying that I was really gripped by the action I was like oh my Mm -hmm. god what's gonna happen with this like weird door (laughs) thing Yeah, and then exactly. exactly what I wanted to happen happened. So mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, it was it was really satisfying <laughs> in a way. <laughs> um, but my second one is Zeb saying, "When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like one of my favorite all time meta Star Wars quotes ever. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I, the- <laughs> what, when I heard that, I was like, "Yes." <laughs> That's like how I feel about everything. Oh my god, when it gets strange like this, it's so much better. So wow, so just rewrote your Twitter bio yeah. right there. <laughs> it was great. I, I that was my high. I, I laughed out loud when I heard that. Yeah, that's a really good high and very true for Star Wars too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for my low, it's kind of a blanket statement, but I didn't love Crawler Commanders altogether as an episode. It's probably been my least favorite episode since we've started i think that i mean same but i still didn't really not like it i didn't dislike i i but i it's definitely like the bottom of where my episodes rank this season so far yeah there are definitely some good moments to it but yeah it's like i didn't love it i wasn't it's not one i want to rewatch immediately every other episode i could sit down and rewatch three times over right now even without coffee but yeah I, need, I would need coffee to watch Crawler Commanders again. <laughs> My low was pretty similar. The lizard guy. Not a fan of the lizard guy. Um, he was just like kind of like, why are you so aggressive? <laughs> <laughs> and like <laughs> you just like keep coming back. And 
I guess I the the moment when I was kind of sold was when he was like, my father. What when I was spawned was like part of the mining guild, and the my father, the father before that was part of the mining guild. I was like, okay, like you're fighting for your history. All right, like I'm here for this. But then I, afterwards, I was like, uh, this is just like kind of like comedic in a way that I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, especially the whole scene where Ezra is trying to pretend that he is the, the we should have found out this guy's name, the lizard guy <laughs> to the Empire, and Zeb is trying to keep him quiet. And for some reason, Zeb just like keeps letting his hand leave from this lizard guy's mouth, even though a number of times the lizard guy is like, no, you know, they're, it's a trick, it's a trap, that whole thing. Yeah, and that was. I, I I completely agree. Yeah, I was like, just put your hand over his mouth or hit him over top of the head, Zeb. I don't care what you do. Just I don't want to hear. Yeah, that the entire the entire time I was like, can we just like knock this guy out? It's not that hard, right? <laughs> like, they do it all the time with stormtroopers. <laughs> his name is Sevor. Sevor S E E. No, 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 no. S E E V O R. Sevor. Sevor. Okay. All right. Well, Seabor, nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah, I hope we never run into you again. We the thing is, is that you fell into the molten lava pit. <laughs> well, let's talk about this more in the story section. Okay. But I have some thoughts on that whole thing. Okay. Moving on. So and now we're going into story. <laughs> we will not rest until we bring an end to the Empire, until we restore our Republic. Are you with me? Okay, story. So first, let's start with a question that we generally start with or have been starting with every episode. Where are we in the rebellion right now? The rebellion is coming back to Lothal. Yes, Lothal. I, I really loved the bits with Hera and the rebellion and her kind of struggling. Like you could see that conflict of interest for her too. It was, yes, we need to get back and destroy these tie defenders, but also like Kanan and Ezra and Sabine and Zeb, they're all there too. Yeah. And have it, and then when Mom Mappa was like, we're going to talk about this and you should wait outside. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> too close. Too close. Yeah. Yeah. And she – you could just tell that there was – that she was conflicted about it too because she – on the one hand, Hera has always been the person to understand why the rebellion is doing certain things it's doing. But usually her crew, the ghost crew, has been with her for that. And now they're separated and they the rebellion is like wishy-washy on whether or not it'll come to the defense of the TIE defenders but or to destroy the TIE defenders, but really to help rescue Kanan and Ezra and Sabine and Zeb. Yeah, completely. Um, I am so excited for next week's episode to see – because it's kind of like we're at this point where um, – we're about to come to like the head of the rebellion and like what Star Wars Rebels is about to like kind of leave us with like a legacy. And I feel like next week's episode really is going to tie us all together and ground us in really where we are in the rebellion. Mm -hmm. um, and this is really like the, the, the most yeah. set up. -y, yeah. Of the episodes that we've gotten. Yeah. As far as the rebellion's concerned too. Cause I mean, you have hair in the egg swing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get better than that. I know. <laughs> um, but okay. So a lot of things happened in the first episode in terms of story and character development. So I it's it's weird to me because I think the second episode felt so different 
mm-hmm. versus the first episode. And in in turn, I feel like that's why we didn't love it as much. Like if we got that episode in season three of Rebels, I think that we'd all really like it, like think it was like a fun campy time. But right now when everything feels like kind of serious and like heavy and we get so much mythology behind the wolves and everything that this episode just kind of stuck out. And like, why do you think that is? I have no idea, but I think you're absolutely right. Like they were so different. And to end Kindred, like Kindred had so many highs, right? You had, you know, obviously Kanera, you had mm-hmm. um that whole sequence with the loath cat with the loath wolves. And then it was just kind of dropped. And when we got into Crawler Commanders, I remember leaving Kindred and putting on Crawler Commanders and I was like, man, I can't wait to see the wolves again. Right? And then I they remember, were not there. Yeah. Like I saw a still from the second episode and I was like, oh, good. It's not like a totally separate story. Like Ezra's in this. Like it, it's it's the same crew. They're just going to be talking about what they saw. But this is kind of where I sympathize, sympathize, sympathize? with – I don't know why I can't say that word. It's a struggle. The I I simp- sympathize with the people who don't really love Dave Filoni, just because oh, wow. you cannot no yeah, no anymore. <laughs> no no no. I love Dave Filoni, and you know that. I know. I just like I feel like it's the same problem that I had really with the Mortis trilogy that they kind of just like don't talk about it ever again, and mm-hmm. it's not like they don't remember all of it either they do and they all kind of look at each other afterwards like in the mortis trilogy they kind of look at the in in that and when they're in the speeder in the end they're like oh man that was crazy like wow we'll never talk about that again like it was just never discussed again and i just hope that like that's not what happens here that they just i mean they didn't i think i think for mortis they definitely played it up as being a dream sequence even though they kind of sort of remember being on the planet they don't really remember everyone they talked to i don't i don't think they remember that at all um whereas with kanan and and the ghost crew they they clearly all remember and it's not just them it's um other people on lethal too were there as well yeah you know um it's really hard to not make mortis comparisons with this episode also, I think, I think you have to, but I think that's also part of like this grander narrative that Dave Filoni has been constructing himself within the animation. Like you had Mortis, you had Bendu, now you have these Loath Wolves. Like they're kind of pillars in how we are coming to understand the Force. Totally. And I don't think we've yeah. iterated this as much in the past couple episodes. But if you want to know about the future of Star Wars, you got to look to the animation. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's really check that the off goal here. here. Yeah, <laughs> <Skytalkers>. hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about what the cave means. Oh. <laughs> Do you have any why theories? Don't, why don't any you answers? Tell me what the cave means? Well, I've seen a lot of comparisons online to the shape of the cave. When they tra- when they go through it is very similar to the shape that Ahsoka walks out of mm-hmm. of in um, is it Mandalore? No, it's not. Oh my god, what's the planet? Uh, uh, Malacor. Malacor. Okay, yeah. Malacor. 
it's early. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I th- I obviously like I think that has to mean something. I don't know what it means. The, I mean, really, the thing is, is that like I don't know what any of this means. And <laughs> I I think it's really really cool that we're getting these pieces of who Kanan was really, or maybe not, or just like who kind of glimpses at like the fact that he could mean something more than basically a story his story that i kind of said in the last episode i thought was concrete i thought we had a really strong sense of who he was but i i guess we don't i think we do it's just what he's meant to become and how the choices he's made throughout this second part of his life post order 66 have like the fact that he is one of the only jedi left means that he's something special Yes. So, like, do you think that that's the reason why he's being called back to Lothal? I as think much so. as he is, I think. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a part of it too. Um, do you think that he was from Lothal? Some people say that he feels calling to there because he is actually that's where he was born. That's why what, what he's from. Is he really before- Ezra's father? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, yes, but I also – I don't think that needs to be a thing for Kanan to have a connection there because he's already said that this planet and the Lothwolves have a very deep connection to the Force. And I think that's like they've been calling him because he is one of the few Jedi remaining. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's enough of a reason. I don't think he needs to have originally been from Lothal. Um, I think that would almost – I don't want to say take away from Ezra's connection to Lothal, but I don't know. I don't think there there needs to be a physical connection between Kanan and Lothal or any any of the other characters. There is something that's really rather interesting about Kanan suddenly having a connection to Lothal at the same time that Ezra does. And, I mean, I don't want to say that that will ever have any sort of competition, but it might. Um, Like – Ezra's own protection of his planet might get in the way of whatever Kanan is meant to do here. I agree, but I also kind of, I don't know, I don't think it's that Kanan is all of a sudden attracted to or connected to Lothal because he even says, like, we've been we've been pulled here from the very beginning. I think he's just now realizing how pulled he was to Lothal in the beginning because he was denying his force abilities for so long. He, mm-hmm. he was purposely not tapping into the force in order to protect himself and for for survival's sake. And we talk about we've talked about this a number of times too, like the comparison between Kanan season one versus Kanan season four. Um yeah. and back then he he wouldn't have known about this force, like this crazy force aura that Lothal was giving off because he was actively pushing that away. Whereas now he's opened himself up to it from all the things he's learned off planet and now he's like whoa, this is like all all stories are coming together now. All paths are coming together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's kind of like when you look back on where you were in high school and you're like, oh, all the things I did then have led me to this point now. And there have been a purpose and a reason behind it. Wow. What a great comparison. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> that, that, no, but it's, it's true though. It's like, it's, <laughs> we had to take four, three and a half seasons to get to where we are with Kanan right now. And at the same time, I feel like we had to do that. And we'll talk about this in the character section with Kanan and 
Hera. Like it, mm-hmm. it needed, I feel like we, there was all these different steps that everything had to take in order for us to get that really satisfying moment in this episode. Agreed. So if we, this is something I've been thinking about a lot. If, if the cave is somehow a push to Mortis mm-hmm. or some realm similar to Mortis, do you want to see Ahsoka in the I almost, I almost kept expecting to see Ahsoka. Um, but at the same time, I was like, that's not going to fit. That's not going to fit. Every time they like came across something else, I was like, oh, are we going to see Ahsoka? Blah, 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 blah. Right. But at the same time, I just don't think it really fits. I think that we will see some form of her, whether it's like, I, I don't really know what it is. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I I used to think that whatever happened to the convoy, like the birds, the owls, like when are we going to get that back? Because I remember that was a really big deal mm-hmm. in, I think, season two and three about, you know, those things circling the sky and what that meant. And here we are again with the wolves asking the same question. What does it mean? Really, can we define what this is? And I think that in some way, when those are somewhat defined, I don't know if we'll get a full definition from Dave. It's just like not his style. <laughs> that that something with Ahsoka will reappear. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Something something is coming. And my like crazy conspiracy theory from last week, which actually I don't really think is so crazy anymore. I'm just going to call it my theory. Okay, um, good. <laughs> <laughs> where Kanan. And, and and I think that, like, the way that Kanan has been talking this whole season really points to the fact that, like, yes, they've all come to Lothal. And, yes, like, Kanan's story is ending at Lothal, whatever that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. And right now I think it is something about, like, becoming one with the Force. And I think that's probably something that Ahsoka is doing right now too, if I had to, if I had to guess. And so I think that if we do see Ahsoka, it will be at the very end – and it'll be her like joining or passing on the torch to Kanan. Um, Cause I think they have put in the, the clues, like you said, that she's going to be coming back, like with the owl um, and the fact that you have that kind of visual similarity with the triangle to Mortis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just makes sense. And like, we've also had the visual reminder on Sabine's armor too, you know? Yes. So, but the thing is, it's like, I'm not sure if I want to see Ahsoka in Rebels anymore yeah i guess because i really want her to have her own standalone thing too and because and i'm guilty of doing this too that whenever ahsoka shows up on rebels i completely forget about everything else that's going on (laughs) Um, (laughs) well she's like the luke skywalker in she is rebels at this point where it's like she kind of takes over everything really um yeah she does at least Um, the fan reaction yeah and it's like that's good and bad because she's a great character and I think bringing her back in Rebels was still a right decision and I get a lot of the criticism that like she does take over when she's in episodes but I I also think Dave was like very careful and Lucasfilm in not having her in everything yeah like she was kind of in these standout things but I mean it just goes to show that like the season finale that a lot of people point to as their favorite was the season two season finale when it was like her and Vader yeah, because we got a real focus on her character, but also a real focus on Ezra's struggles with Maul. And I I think that that episode two-parter kind of proved that it can be done where 
Ahsoka doesn't necessarily take over the story because that really did add something to Ezra's journey. That oh, whole yeah. thing. It totally did. But I'd argue that what most people remember about that episode is the end. For sure. And I completely agree with you there. I yeah. just think that like to your point and kind of just to sum it all up, Ahsoka, when she comes on screen, just comes with a lot of background. Mm-hmm. And it is from as a fan, it's really satisfying to get that character on screen. As a um, fan of Ahsoka. As a fan of Ahsoka, yes. And kind of know everything that went into her journey before. but a fan of Simply Rebels would be like, who is this random girl? You know? Woman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, if you're a fan of Rebels, like you have obviously the background of her within Rebels. Of course. But yeah, so I I actually do think following along with my theory, I think that when Kanan becomes one with the Force, I think he will see Ahsoka, um, if not everyone else as well. Definitely him. Right. Um, and I, I think I could be into that. I mean, I'll definitely be into it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'll be into it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wonder what that will look like, especially because it's been left up in the air for two years now, longer. Yeah, two years. Um, everyone's like going to be clamoring to see her. And I don't want that to overshadow whatever big step is coming for the rest of the ghost crew, especially if it's like, like, I hope they wouldn't put Ahsoka in the series finale, I guess. Oof. I I think they might. <laughs> if if what you are thinking will happen, then they might. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree. I think it's hard because you have basically, is it five ghost crew members that you have to balance their stories? Um, and then you add Ahsoka to the mix and it just kind of gets a little diluted then. And yeah. you want them all to have their final do yes yeah yeah it's totally possible that they stretch that across a couple of different episodes too yeah or even if like the the season finale is a two-parter and so like ahsoka's in part one but not in part two exactly and that That, could totally happen i can i can completely see that happening i can too i want it to end on the ghost crew same yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want the last scene to be like Ahsoka and Kanan walking off into the forest together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So, any more comments about the story before we move on to talking about the characters? Uh, well, we haven't even really touched the part two. Okay, so let's talk about part <laughs> two. What did this episode kind of mean to I... in the grand scheme of season four? Like, why is this included? I don't know. It reminded me a lot of that episode you really don't like of um, when Kanan and Ezra go and find Rex. Uh, Similar vibes, completely. very similar Um, vibes. And I thought that the whole idea of the Mining Guild being controlled and used by the Empire was super intriguing. And for that reason, that's kind of redeemed this episode for me. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying – I didn't really dislike it as much as you. I, I kind of enjoyed it, like. I, I honestly did. But I I thought that the fact that when they emerge out of the other side of the planet and there's this huge ship like basically sucking the resources out of Lothal, I think that is just really metaphorical and really an awesome addition to like how the story of Lothal mm-hmm. in total. Yeah, I completely agree. I loved that aspect of the Mining Guild. And I guess I just want to I, – I didn't like hate this episode, but it, it's – We've just had such standout episodes this whole season. Yeah, but 
This it's one, hard to not comment on that. Yeah, this one fell short. And I think because we had come off of such a like mystical high from Kindred and then coming like really grounding it back into reality was a, a big tonal shift. Um, yeah. And I can definitely see like some good things coming from that kind of tonal shift that Star Wars kind of jumps back and forth between mystic and reality a lot. Um which is one of the things we love about it too, but it was a little jarring, I guess. Uh, but yeah, seeing the the mining guild and how it was like actively sucking the resources, and when Commander Price was like, "Oh, just blow up the mountains," yeah, it that was, was it crazy. Was, I was like, "Whoa, Empire!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Kill>. <laughs> um, I know, and it it really to me this episode served to prove how dominant the Empire had control over Lothal. I mean, it's not like we didn't see that before, obviously, but it, mm-hmm. this really drove it home. Um, yeah, and kind of proved that. Not only are they doing it themselves, like you just mentioned, like the bombing of the mountains, et cetera, et cetera, but also the the fact that they're kind of enlisting these other people to do it for them, mm-hmm. too. And that's one of the great things about Rebels and the fact that we have a planet like Lothal that is probably the most well-known planet we have mm-hmm. at this point in Star Wars. I mean, we all know Tatooine. Tatooine's probably the only comparable planet to Lothal. Um, and they're probably both on level playing ground. Um, but just the fact that like Lothal has kind of become its own character at this point, And we haven't seen a lot of active destruction from the Empire. Like we've come into planets like Jeddah and seen, oh, it's it's been mine. Or we've come – like when we came back to Lothal, you could clearly see that bad things have happened to it. Mm-hmm. But this was, I think, one of the first instances that we actively see the Empire destroying mountains and – like mining and depleting a planet of its resources. And for us, knowing Lothal so well, you're like, no. (laughs) Um, Whereas with like Tatooine, you probably wouldn't have the same effect because Tatooine is just all desert. It's not – there's not a whole lot to destroy. (laughs) I think within Rebels, yes, Lothal has become its own character. I think that overall, Star Wars has done a really good job of building up their planets and understanding what they are. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit because I think we know so much about Naboo just from That's The true. Phantom Menace um, and like how that culture works. And yes, but I, I, I agree with you. Like I think Lothal, it's, it's interesting. Like Lothal has come, it's become its own character in, in this show. Um, and this episode was really like an assault on that aspect of the story, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I probably shouldn't have said that Lothal is like the only well-known planet. Um, <laughs> I guess yeah, not just, true. We've just because like we spent a crap ton of time on Coruscant and throughout Clone Wars and Naboo, like you said, we know a lot about too. I guess it just feels like we were with Lothal so much longer because like all of season one is pretty much on Lothal. Yeah. You know? Whereas like with these other planets like Coruscant and Naboo, we kind of hop around a lot more, so it doesn't. Even though we return to it a lot, it's not it's not the same, I feel like. That just goes to our previous discussion about how, you know, Rebels and the new stories in the new canon are pretty small scale and very focused on certain areas and certain aspects of the galaxy, like mm-hmm. Rebels and Lothal. And, and now we know Alderaan a lot better, too, from Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Yes. Sad face. Um, um, okay, so anything else that you want to add? I don't think so. Okay, great. Let's move <laughs> on to talking about the characters. Okay. 
Well, my name's Ezra. This is Kanan. That's Sabine and Zeb. It's nice to meet you, 7567. Actually, my name is Rex. Captain. 501st Clone Battalion. Okay, part three. The characters. Panera. Let's just dive right in. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, go go right for it. Oh my god, that was so great. (laughs) (laughs) I was really surprised they even kissed in this episode because I was like, oh, it's just, it's not going to happen. And of course, they they did a thing where it was like, Harris was like, I'm going to kiss you now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. It was so good. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) <laughs> when <laughs> when it didn't happen in, in that first part, I was like, "Oh no, here we go again." They're gonna they're gonna hold out for us until the very last episode, mm-hmm. and then they went for it. She went for it. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I loved how it wasn't something in private that they did. It was just like in the moment. Yeah, and, and, and like, I love. Hey. Yes, <laughs> that was happening. it. <laughs> that was what was so good. It was like, oh my god, look at mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. so good. But it's like with every high, then you're like, oh my god, she's gone. She when she comes back, yeah, she gonna get on. <laughs> Are they gonna see each other? What's because mm. it's like you you knew that they had to have that happen in this season, like. Rebels has pretty much been trolling that since the beginning. <laughs> and so you, you kind of knew it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And it's like, okay, if it happens so early in this season, why? <laughs> exactly. So it's like <laughs> – um, I mean, I don't want to be doom and gloom because I think that it's like fantastic that we got this episode. You don't and- want to be doom? Yeah. Oh, I don't want to be doom. <laughs> <laughs> but like I really don't because I think that it's – it was so it's so satisfying that we got this and like maybe mm. it'll end happy but like I don't think it will and there's a there's a big part of me and I'm I'm sure you too where it's like ah uh, is that the last time they're going to like have this moment together because they really like you know they they sat together in the morning in the beginning of that episode and mm. then they had that moment and then they had the next moment where they finally kissed right yes and all of those are really, really satisfying and almost quiet moments of their relationship where it felt so separate that I can totally see this being maybe the last time that they have that. No. I know. I don't want it. I really don't, I don't want it. I don't think I it just, will be because, again, if I'm going with my Kanan conspiracy theory, not conspiracy theory, I think I think Hera, I think Hera will not abandon the rebellion, but... Because I think the rebellion is going to do something on Lethal and then they're going to be like, peace out. And everyone else is still going to be there and it's going to be like the last crew. Um, almost like a Rogue One situation where Hera's like, I'm going back to rescue our people who's with me. And at that point, things have progressed with Kanan and the Lofluffs and they're they're going to have like some moments where they're both coming to terms with the fact that Kanan has to leave and like yeah. go be one with the Force. And they're going to have conversations about that. And it's almost like – then Hera is able to like he's gonna be like you're fighting your fight in the rebellion and I'm gonna be fighting my fight with the like through the force, and it's like then K- Hera almost has like peace about going back to the rebellion, knowing that Kanan is doing his part, and that's why they can't be together. Oh my god, that's probably what's gonna happen, just because they have such a good relationship. Yeah, <laughs> they have like literally the the most ideal relationship that like the, they probably will when they part if they part they will part on good terms. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, <laughs> it was so satisfying, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it was really satisfying. They just have such a healthy relationship in, like, the way they talk to each other about things and work out their problems is just – it's Yeah, great. like, Kanan, like, immediately being, like – Oh, I'm sorry about before. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> immediately and- talking about the problem. <laughs> well, and that's the thing like too. It's, it's open like, communication. It's not like they don't have disagreements. Yeah, but they they like have their little spats and then they work it out. And it's like <laughs> I needed some time to cool off, and now I'm sorry. And yes, we can make out now. <laughs> that's like real life, though. Like it really is. Yeah. So, wow. They're so good. I was like blushing <laughs> watching it. Oh yeah, I'm always bl- like anytime they like even look at each other, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's my. <laughs> I just I love them. <laughs> um. Okay. okay. So anything else about Kanan and Hera? No, they're just fantastic. I they're love just, them, and yeah, we'll protect them forever. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I I liked how they talked about it in Rebels Recon too, which I think to your point about this maybe being one of the last instances we really have with them together, I think Rebels Recon kind of maybe could have hinted at that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the exact verbiage of what that. <laughs> we, need, we really need to take some notes on Rebels Recon because every every episode we're like, yeah, they mentioned that in Rebels Recon. Like maybe it was Dave, maybe <laughs> it was someone else. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but just the way that they've kind of talked about their relationship in the past and there's always been this hint that they had a past romantic relationship that we just aren't privy to in the show. Like this – this very well could not have been the first time that they've kissed. No. No, no, no. It's not. It's just the first time that we've seen it. Yeah, exactly. Like, even throughout all of Rebels, too. You know, I'm sure they've had moments alone together where they've kissed or, like, talked about their relationship and stuff like that. But as of late, they haven't. And it's almost like because their position in the galaxy has changed now that Hera's, like, with the Rebellion and Kanan has a Jedi, it's like things got put on hold with their like romantic relationship. Yes. And had that's to change. A, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, that was so good. Okay, so let's talk about how basically Sabine and Ezra are like kind of paired again together. <laughs> <laughs> In a smaller way this time, but still paired together. Yes. <laughs> Like continuously working together. <laughs> continuously together, continuously working together, continuously being together. Yeah. I uh, I wonder if we'll almost see, like, if they go in the direction of a romantic Sabine and Ezra, which honestly sounds weird saying. Oh, yeah. It's not, I don't, it's not going to happen. I just think it's really nice how that they've built up this whole friendship and, you know, teamwork. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, I can see it kind of playing like paralleling almost to Kanan and Hera too, whereas both Kanan and Ezra are realizing that there's like something much bigger going on here through the Force and like through Kanan and Ezra's relationship to the Force and to the Loth Wolves in particular. And Sabine and Hera are both there to like almost ground them back in reality and be like, that's okay and I understand what you're saying and I believe you and what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, Man, that's going to be such a conflict for Sabine. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because 
she's given up so much and this is her, you know, new family. And, uh, oh man, that's going to be tough on her. I feel like if, if that actually comes to fruition, mm-hmm. I think that I hope that we get an episode or, you know, 15 minutes focused on how Sabine deals with basically the ending because I think that it's meant so much to her to join the rebellion. Um, and, you know, the story has put so much emphasis on that that um, I would be disappointed if they didn't really cover that. And I, I believe they will. Yeah. But Well, it's it's kind of like – it's kind of like Hera and Ezra are other ones who have been gung-ho to join the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And Sabine and Kanan are – more not on edge but hesitant about it because Sabine obviously has Mandalore to think about and Kanan doesn't want to be involved in another war you know but they're both like they're both more connected to their ghost crew family completely they're they're their point of joining really is the ghost crew family I mean of course Sabine I mean of course they both like have reasons why they're in this fight um that are powerful but yes, I, I completely yeah, like agree it goes with you. the empire. Um, yeah, yeah. No, complete, completely agree. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we haven't really had a lot of moments with Sabine like what we had in the first two episodes. Yeah, in her, in her kind of arc. Because with Kanan, we've had like these moments of him being with the Force and talking to Hera, and like these really great moments. Even if the episode hasn't spent a lot of time with him, and even though we've had a lot of time with Sabine with her, you know, adventures with Ezra. Um, I feel like we haven't had the same kind of moments. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I <laughs> We're kind of running out of time, but I just want to say that I was certain that this was going to be Zeb's end. Really? Yeah, in Crawler Commanders. I was like, oh my god, he can't. This is this fight is going on for a really long time. And I was like, in in my mind, I was like, ah, this is not how I want Zeb to go. This is this can't happen this way. It didn't. Yeah, no, I, d- I didn't so. <laughs> think that he, he was gone. I think if anyone makes it out, Zeb is going to make it out. <laughs> really? You think that? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that Zeb is gonna make it out. I think. Wow. He, I think he's. I think he's probably. I think like in Forces of Destiny, he's probably on the ghost, <laughs> like unloading stuff while Hera is talking to Han. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> um, I can also. See that we haven't talked about Rook. <laughs> oh, Rook, Rook. It's Rook. Okay, so this is another reason why I thought this was going to be Zeb's end. Because when he was like, I smell Lasat, I was like, oh, shoot, we have someone who's, like, really prejudiced against Lasat. But mm-hmm. later in Rebels Recon, I found out that that's just kind of how that creature works, <laughs> right? That's really good smell. Yeah, but I kind, of, I, I kind of liked my theory about, like, because we've seen so much of this come up about Lasat's and, like, how Zeb is basically, you know, this one true, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That um, I kind of thought that that's where the the episode was going to head, um, and it didn't. So I was wrong. <laughs> well, it did not. <laughs> but I mean, our listeners know we are not very well versed in legends, so mm-hmm. we were not really familiar with Rook, Rook, Rook. 
Well, Thrawn pronounced it in like this really intense way with like 400 H's. Where it was like Thrawn does is super intense. (laughs) I was like, okay, I don't know how to pronounce that. And on our show, I'm not going to be able to do it. (laughs) This has just been the episode of us mispronouncing things. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's early. (laughs) Let's just reiterate, it's early. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, I, I liked Rook and I like how different he was from how commander price was doing things and how he just like had no time for pleasantries whereas thrawn is all about pleasantries and like the way of doing things and rook just like took off um Mm -hmm. and was very uh animalistic and very physical immediately Um, i think the 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 crew on the show tried really hard to not create a villain that we've seen before mm -hmm. um However, it did feel I, – I, I hate using this, but it I was, like, not super sold or attached to him based off of the fact that our villains, like, are – that are introduced on Rebels don't really live that long. Like, we see that with the mm. Inquisitors and everything. It just kind of felt like a Scooby-Doo mystery sometimes where it was, like, the new yeah. villains, you know? Yeah. Everything has much higher stakes this season, though, because we know it is the last and there is a high possibility of something happening to our characters. But I I think, like you said, I don't think it'll be because of Rook necessarily. I think it'll be – if anything, it'll be because of Thrawn, but probably something to do with the Force, honestly. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe that was Warwick Davis. I know. (laughs) I I remembered from Celebration that he was coming back. But I forgot that this is – like when he started speaking, I was like, oh, wait, that's Warwick Davis. Hey. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I mean, I totally felt the same way. Like I I actually completely forgot it was him until uh, Rebels Recon. And even in Rebels Recon, I didn't realize that Seth Green was – like I knew it was him and I remember reading that. I just completely forgot. And again, that kind of speaks to the talent of the voice actors. Um mm-hmm. That like you, it's not like instantly recognizable, but instead, you're you buy the character as they are. Yeah, I I exactly. totally forgot about Seth Green until I knew he was coming on the show. But like you said, <clears> I didn't <throat> realize that was his character until we got to Rebels Recon. And I just remember I loved his character on Clone Wars. Oh my god, me remember? too. It was like the it was about the holocron with yeah Kevin. the little butler droid, right? Yeah, he was so, so good. Oh my god. So Every that time one. that character was on screen, I was like, this is the best. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> if I had a droid, I would want that droid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're inching closer and closer to, like, actually when I have to go to work. So <laughs> <laughs> anything anything else to add about the characters in this episode? Um, I don't think so. I think I am excited to see what happens. And next week is our last episode of Fulcrum Files until the new year. Oh my god! And until we see the last Jedi, so that's kind of strange. <laughs> <laughs> We're and getting so close to like everything, <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> I know, and yeah, I, I guess I just I'm excited for the mysticness that's going to come up in this season because if there's one thing Dave Filoni does really well, he does that really well. The weird, um, the strange, the weird, and the strange, and like tying it back to. The reality of Star Wars. I'm I'm very excited for that. So, let's just leave it with that quote from Zeb. 
When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. Because it is. Okay? And <laughs> so, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. <laughs> so... Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at SkyTalkersPod, and you can go to our website to see all of our episodes, which is SkyTalkers.com. And I'd like to take this moment to thank our amazing patrons, Lynn, Neil, Jim, Suara, BJ, Ryan, Dean, Emma, Amy, Aaron, Cherie, Kyle, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you so much. Like It means the world to us that you support us. Um, and if you want to go support us, you can go to our Patreon page and see all the goodies and extra shows that we have there. Yes. Um, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Our regular show, Sky Talkers, will be up this Saturday with an all-new episode. And we're talking about The Last Jedi because what else do Star Wars podcasts talk about a month before The Last Jedi comes out? <laughs> uh, but we kind of give our last theories, talk about the latest teaser trailer. It is It was a really good discussion, so you guys should definitely check it out. And if you have some time and want to review us on iTunes, we would absolutely love that. Uh, thank you to everyone who has reviewed us so far. And like Charlotte, thank you so much to our patrons for supporting us. It's really unbelievable. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and thank you, everyone else, for listening. We we love talking Star Wars. So thanks for thanks for letting us do that. Um, and with that, I think we're going to sign off and go get some coffee. So may the force <laughs> yes. be with you. <laughs> may the force be with you. Don't forget to thank Dave Filoni on your way out, and we'll see you next time. 